Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Now, Maria has an incredible story of resilience to tell. Life has not been easy for her in recent years, but her message is very timely, and that's never give up. Hi, Maria. Hi, Garrett. How are you keeping? I'm very good, thank you. The minute I saw that you'd sustained a head injury after a road accident um, in July 2017, I thought back to when I almost died in a, a road crash last March. And uh, I, so so much of your story, now, while thankfully I didn't sustain head in, and head injury, uh, tell me your story, because I think unless you've been through something like this, it's very difficult for anyone to understand just how serious and how life-changing it is. Yeah, sorry to hear about your own accident. Um, yeah, mine happened back in July 2017 when I was like at the pinnacle of my career and life and everything was still going well and stuff. And just unfortunately, in the blink of an eye, everything changed. So I ended up with, like, uh, with a, a brain injury. I bulged my disc, I popped my shoulder. All my body had to be like redone through physiotherapy, chiropractors. And mm. then eventually I met an amazing osteopath, um, in Cork osteopath, Vicky. And she's kind of through the years put me back together, you know, when I, when I fall apart. Yeah. Um, but it was like one of the darkest times in my life, you know yourself, you've been through it too, where when you sustain a head injury, it just feels like your brain has been compressed, you know, mm. you've got out of body feeling, like I kept feeling like I was I was going to be found dead in the morning, you know, when my, my husband and my kids would come into the room. Because that pressure in my head was just unbearable where I thought I was going to bleed out through either my eyes, my ears, my nose. I had like first to go, I'd nausea, my eyes couldn't focus. I'd, um, I'd in conversions insufficiencies where my eyes used to go off different parts. I couldn't focus on one part. Um, this was the, like, so the, the brain had swollen, Maria had it, and it was pressing you know against the skull. It's not even the swelling part because, you know yourself, in Ireland you have to wait ages to get a brain MRI. So it was weeks after my accident where I got the MRI and we couldn't see anything on the MRI. Yeah. Um, But that pressure in my head was a constant for at least 10 months. That pressure, like that feeling every day where you walk and you're not in your body, you're it's like you're walking outside your body. It's such a weird feeling and you feel inadequate, you can't hold up conversations properly, you're going on a mental decline, you're in just so much physical and mental pain that you don't want to be here any longer and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, although my accident wasn't life threatening, you know, 
It was life changing. It was life changing. Yeah. And it actually almost took my life in the end. Do you know that kind of way? Oh dear. Yeah, it got so bad. Like, it was such a horrific time. And uh, I lost a lot of friends during this period as well because, I, like, you know yourself, you become a different person. Yeah. You know, you become very angry. You can't function properly. It does change. And you, you hear that with a lot of people with post-concussion syndrome where you burn bridges because you are a different person and people can't handle that. Yeah, it's it's almost as if the life you had before, when you look behind, it's gone. It is, it's gone, and it's one of these things, and it, it took me years to realise. I was always like, I need to get to back, I, I live at this fast pace, I need to get back to this fast pace, and I was always going, why can I not function? And like, it's like inside your brain you're functioning, but outside your brain you're not functioning. Mm. It's like, it's like I always described it as um, an iPhone and an iCloud. You're the iPhone, but your memories are the iCloud, and you can't get to them. That's and it's like a space yeah. of blank, and you just can't. If someone asks me a question, I just stare blankly at them, and I'm like, "Oh no, no!" And then I'd get a huge migraine for having to think. Wow, that's a perfect, you know, perfect analogy, an amazing analogy. That you're the phone, but what's going on in your brain is up in a cloud you can't reach. Yeah, it's like the Wi-Fi has been cut off. Yeah, and you're you're desperately searching for for a provider to reconnect. And like, even though my accident was seven years ago, I still don't have memories of the stuff. I'm being reminded of stuff, you know, uh, like my husband remind me how we first met. And I'm like, oh, did we have that conversation when we first met? Oh, sorry, did I do that to you? Or, you know, I, he's like, do you not remember? I'm like, no, I'm like, I do you have to remind you of the brain injury. <laughs> or if someone goes to me, um, oh, we'll do this next week. And I'll go, yeah. And I forget to put it in my calendar. And then it comes around and I've missed it. And they're like, you never came. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> sorry. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> Maria, when you're reminded, do you remember the memory then? Or is it still a blank? be a blank sometimes because I could have a conversation with you like especially yeah, my mom she's always giving out to me for it where I have a conversation with her and then she like say it again I'm like oh you never told me and she's like we had this conversation at least once or twice before like so it does it does still creep in like yeah but it didn't just stop there because then your husband went through hell yeah so just as like I'm trying to come to terms with what I'm doing my husband is like going above and beyond to you know, help me through everything because, like, I lost my smell and taste. I like, I lost a lot with this. You know, like, there was so much more going on with this accident. You know, than we could probably even cover in the show. But then he ended up a year later, so July twenty eighteen. He ended up in a horrific accident uh, where a car tire blew up in his face and left him with lifelong injuries. And then he became the person, he was the person who cared for me. And then in an instant, I ended up having to be the person who cared for him. And how serious were his injuries? A A car tire blew up in his face. Yeah, like... Yeah, and it blew off the side of the car as well. So that shows you the kind of impact. And he took it straight to the side of the face. Oh. Um, yeah, he, he like lost the eyesight of one eye. Like that had been totally split. And he had like a lot of facial injuries. And he has post-concussion syndrome as well. And I always flag that, oh, between the two of us, we've one brain. You know, <laughs> we function as one. Um, so like, just a light harsh to like put it out oh, there. Yeah, but Do you know, uh, a friend of mine works for the fire service and he says you know sometimes uh, you know it's the humour that can get you through the worst possible moments you know 
It is. No, it can be inappropriate times, and I'm probably yeah. one of those people who really inappropriate time my jokes because, <laughs> like, we were in, we were just in the A&E about, I think it was like two hours after this accident, and the optometrist came down because, like, he had to go for like reconstructive surgery of the eyeball, and he was they couldn't get over how he survived this accident. Do you know? Um, like less would kill like less of this impact would have killed someone and I remember he was like oh it's just it must have been because you were doing a good deed you know yeah and I was like yeah talk about a good deed blown up in your face and I remember the room just stopped and looked at me and I was like sorry was that like the wrong time for this joke you know like but it was just it was just my way of coping <laughs> absolutely yeah and he gets yeah. a lot of that for me where he'd be searching for something in the cupboards and I'd be like oh my god it's right there and he's like I can't see it and I go oh my god let me in two eyes are better than one and he's like oh, I can't believe you just said that and I'm like <laughs> I would have said that before your accident you know I forgot like yeah. just stop, stop like and he'd be like you don't know the pressure I'm under and I'm like pressure of retires and I'm like oh my god I'm really sorry you know I did need to say mm-hmm. that you know but yeah we, we use humour every day like <laughs> oh, I saw because I remember just you've just reminded me that the night I was brought in to see you H and, and I was in the critical decisions unit and I was told to lie perfectly still um, and uh, m- my wife stand beside me and I looked at her and I said will you make a phone call and she looked at me and she said yes of course and, uh, because we'd planned to go to, to West Cork for a couple of days I said will you ring the hotel and cancel a couple of days away no, and, no. and the doctors are looking at me thinking like God we're trying to keep you alive here and you're worried about cancelling a couple of days in the West Cork Hotel and these are the things I suppose that get you through aren't they it is, and even like with him when that had happened, because he was due to go on night shift, and he's like, "Will you ring my employer?" And I was just like, "Oh yeah, okay, it's right on my list." But you know, like we're we're literally we don't know if you're going to survive this ambulance trip, but yeah, I'll ring your employer. You know, yeah, um, like like he he's just like we didn't know at that time was he going to be blind in both eyes? Was it just going to be the one eye? There was like I won't go too much into his because this is his story. He's living with, and it's very traumatic mm. for him, and you know he has lifelong injuries from it and stuff but um, yeah it, it that became like an extremely like dark time in our lives and like that had an effect that like even today where we pass the taste that happened where we're like we see it every day do you know that kind of way yeah. so it's something you kind of have to like learn to live with or lose your mind kind of thing how, um, how did it affect your relationship Maria? Um, well both accidents affected the relationship because like when I had mine I was trying to push him away mm. you know um, when he had his he's then obviously trying to push me away but I got it because I'd just yeah. seen in this place where he had been and I think because I'd been to that place where he had been I was kind of able to help him you know and if we're having a bad day we we, we help each other out because we know we're we can connect on a different level now mm. but I know after his relation after his accident like I fell in love with him for his eyes and then I'm looking at the back, in the back of an ambulance and one is wide open, mm. you know, stay wide open and I'm there going, oh God, and it's an image you can't get out of your mind for a very long time. Yeah. And you almost have to kind of fall in love again because it's like you become different people. So with my accident, we had to fall in love again. After his accident, we had to like fall in love again because we were different people. Yeah. 
and it's kind of one of these things yeah. yeah where a lot of people would leave a relationship after something like this happens mm. but we decided to stick together and you know build upon it and you know we we, we connect at a higher level now like you know but it's, yeah. it's it's something you have to work on um, and it's something that's more rewarding in the end because you know if I left him I'd never get someone like him again yeah what a beautiful you know. thing to say yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's he's like he's top notch. He's actually a really special person. Before the accident and after the accident, you know, we've a bit more scars mentally and physically. But yeah, I wouldn't change him for the world. Yeah, I think there's a part of you deep somewhere deep inside that sometimes you have to go looking for it to find it that never changes, and that's the part you cling to. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the thing, and but like that's one of the things we never gave up on life during this we never gave up on each other and um, things do go dark like and that's one thing I want to say to people listening today who are in similar situations both mentally and physically because like I got PTSD from his accident it was so horrendous you know and um like this is one of the things like even though like I'm very happy go lucky you'll see me out I'll always be smiling I do have bad days I like I do relive things like I can wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning 4 o'clock in the morning be awake thinking about everything that's happened and then I have to try to change my mindset and become positive again and yeah. it's one of these things where you're never going to be fixed totally but you can battle yourself and you can battle yourself back to positive yeah I, so, found, I found that uh, it was like reading a book and suddenly the book drops and the pages go everywhere and they're not yeah. numbered and you just can't 
ever, every week. We'd go for lunch with one of my friends every week. I was up to her house two, three times a week, helping her out, visiting her. I'm very close to my grandparents. I still have another two living. And I was just up with them yesterday. But, yeah, um, I did done, like, a lot of her medical stuff for her, like, bringing her to her visits, making sure, like, you know, she was taking her medications. Not that she was on money, so just B12 injections. But, um, yeah, just a very sudden, you know, case where she had a blood clot in her leg. It just showed up, and I brought off to Amy, and we just got told she had stage four cancer and weeks to live. Mm. And it was it was a shock. Yeah, like she'd been living independently. She was happy. She was never sick. It was really weird. And to be given that news, you're like, how? You know, and. Mm. We didn't tell her she had it, so she never knew she had cancer. Because we wanted her to like enjoy the rest of her her life. Mm. Because that's what I like. I geez, I'd fight with consultants over this. Where they were like, she has the right to know she's dying, and I said, well, she has the right to live and enjoy the rest of her life without the fear of dying. And we just moved her straight in that night with us, and we did like I did like the positive care for her and and the life care stuff for her and stuff and. That was tough, you know. No, we we made beautiful memories. Like, I mean, we brought her everywhere. We ate out all the time with her. And it was very special to share that time with her. Like, we were with her, like, I was with her 24 hours a day because, like, I slept in the same room with her and stuff because I would be afraid she'd fall with the leg. And, yeah, like, it was tough because she was like, oh, you're making me better. And then deep down, I was dying going, oh, God, she doesn't know what's going on. Mm. No. She she did thank us all the time. I think deep down she knew something drastic was happening within her body, but we didn't want to tell her until the time was right. And the way I phrased it was that, like, unfortunately, old age is catching up with you. Because cancer is her nightmare because she did it for her mother. Yeah. And that time, things changed. Like, medicines are very different now, you know. Level of care is very different. It's a lot kind of easier. But... Yeah, she never wanted to hear those words. We never told her. And she only found out then, like, the day before she passed, that she was going to pass, which allowed her to pass peacefully. Mm. I I just, I, I admire your resilience. Um, it's it's incredible. Now, I, I know you say that acting and writing saved your life. So tell yeah. me about, um, after your, ma- your nan passed away, you became a producer and a director, didn't you? So, yeah, what happened was, um, as part of my rehabilitation for my brain injury, um, I was advised to take up, like, drama, you know, just to help uh, with the memory to learn lines again and stuff. And I remember I went to, like, Actors Vision and Cork, and I did the Acting for Camera course. And I said, I'm going to give it a bash. Do you know what I mean? Keep an open mind kind of thing. Not thinking it was going to go anywhere. Just, I'm in here for rehabilitation. And... At that time, I actually didn't have um, emotions. I only had anger. I had hate for the accident to the universe, what had happened. And I couldn't feel the happiness. I couldn't feel the love. I couldn't feel the good stuff you want to feel, do you know? Mm-hmm. And when I went into the acting for camera course, that was a game changer. It helped me bring back my emotions because you have to, like, Darren had just, like, tap back into that memory bank of emotions that you have. It's deep back in your brain, but you can tap into them. You can recall them. And you can go, you can look for that happy moment and feel that again, you know? 
And then with the characters, I was able to take out all that anger and hatred I had. I was I was able to build a character and leave it out on camera, on stage, and deal with it. And then that was dealt with. And then I could go back to being, oh, okay, I'm good now again, you know. And then I started, my brain then started functioning differently. So I would have been very scientific. I was a scientist before my accident. And then my brain then changed from scientific to like creative, where before I wouldn't have been creative, I was thinking of um, stories. Like um, I, was de- I, I started writing comedy to deal with the darkness, to stop my mind going dark. I'd, I'd actually start writing comedy. So like literally comedy sketches, you know, just to like lighten the mind and stuff. And then that developed into me writing a TV series, a dark drama comedy TV series. And it's all ready to go. If like I can find someone to get it up and running, it's actually really funny. And then from my husband's accident uh, with the PTSD, I was having a lot of uh, night terrors and I'd wake up covered in sweat. I remember one dream in particular and I woke up. I literally was covered in sweat. I was panicked. For three weeks, I was terrified to go to sleep because I didn't want to live that dream again. Mm. And I was like, this feeling isn't leaving me. I was like, what am I going to do? And I was actually getting very panicked. And I sat down and I said, I'm going to write it out. And I wrote a movie around it. And then what I was afraid of, I was very excited for it because now I've created characters. I'd given that ownership of that nightmare to a character. It was no longer me. And I wrote a feature film. And after my nan had passed, I had this void. And you probably know it if you felt, for anyone who's out there listening, who felt that void when you lose someone that you love. And I'd walk the roads for hours not knowing what to do and... I just couldn't fill this void. And my husband said, why don't you just back yourself? Why don't you do the movie you've been talking about doing for ages? And I'd been procrastinating, obviously, about doing it, you know. And I just went, do you know what? I was like, I will because I need to do something. Mm. And um, I threw myself straight into doing, a few weeks after my mom passed, into doing a movie that I'd wrote. So I ended up producing it and co-directing it and... I sourced the locations and like I was funding it so I had to do everything because obviously like the money was low you know yeah this is good you you called it I Wish You Were Here yeah I Wish You Were Here is the film and it's a romantic thriller and it's based around my nightmare uh, from the accident and um, we did we shot it all it's in post-production we're towards the end it's going into sound design next and we've got all of our music we've got everything done Mm. and I'm hoping by the end of November to December we're going to be finished and we can like enter it into film festivals and it's one of these things it's ironic because it's called I Wish You Were Here and I remember being so proud of myself that I'd done this big huge project and I was phoning my grandparents to let them know and I went to phone my nan and I was like oh my god and I burst out crying and I was just ironically going I wish you were here That's stunning. It really is. And uh, it's it's over an hour and a half long. And So, I mean, you know, there's every possibility that whether it's the Sundance Festival or the Cannes Film Festival, they've all sorts of cate- categories. And I, I, you just, you have that strength and you have that resilience. I don't need to tell you that. Yeah, and do you know what? No, it was kind of like I had a bit more motivation because I have the power to change people's lives, yeah. to be a beacon of hope to people that think there's no hope out there. Because 
like, I, I don't know, Garrett, if you were the same after your accident, but I know when I had my accident, there was no help. No. There's no help for people with brain injuries unless you're severely brain injured. Like, Headway is a charity, and they're inundated with people to go for their services. Yeah. And I, I got in after two years, but they couldn't do anything for me because I wasn't as bad as the people in the line, and the people in the line are really bad, and they can't get on it because they're dealing with some major cases that need to be dealt with. But then the people who are in the middle ground, like us, there's no one there to help us. And then the mental health facilities... They don't exist either. Like, no, they're non-existent, um, yeah. No, and when you're paying privately like I was to help me, you're, you'd want to remortgage yourself. Like, it's a lot of money. So, like, the government really needs to change everything. We have the money in surplus. They need to start backing proper mm. causes, mental health services, brain injury causes, um, homelessness. They need to actually sit down properly and mm. pull their finger out and do the right thing by the public. Maria, I could talk to you all day, but um, th- there's people waving at me here saying that you've only 15 minutes to get out of that studio. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so um, we're, I'm actually <laughs> no, on I know, tomorrow night, to, yeah, talk, the underdogs. Uh, yeah, and I want to talk to you <laughs> yeah. about this, because you're on the underdogs on TG Carr tomorrow night at 9.30. So, uh, without rushing, you, uh, can, yeah. and can you tell me in a few seconds what it's about, because we're looking forward to watching it. Yeah, so the Underdog series is basically taking a, a bunch of women who've never made it to the top of their, um, you know, say, soccer professions for some reason due to, like, becoming mothers or careers or, or anything like that and um, basically forming a team and putting it together to go against the top soccer teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have really amazing women taking part in it. I've had such a blast doing the series. Um, like... There's some amazing stories, some very inspirational women and some really great soccer players. It's definitely worth the watch and you get to kind of see a bit more of my story then as well and kind of what I do, you know, through the series. I'm just looking at the texts coming in. For example, I just spotted one here. Mick uh, Mick says, fantastic interview. What a fabulous woman. Sending healing light to her and to her husband. That's from Mick. And I think that sums it up from everybody listening. Maria, it's a joy to talk to you after all you've been through. And uh, I I know even just talking as you did so beautifully this morning, I think you'll you'll have changed so many people's views and outlooks. So take care of yourself. I'm I'm looking forward to the movie. I wish you were here. And Maria features in The Underdogs on TG Carr tomorrow night at 9.30. Have a great day, Maria. Thanks, Gary. Have a lovely day. Yeah, do you take care. You take care. Oh, um, yeah, well, I, I think she, she said it all, didn't she? Corks 96 FM Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 